The tool is bringing basically care closer to the individual and the individual is getting a tool loaded down in the smartphone, a breathalyzer that to prove uh, sobriety, but maybe most of all to have your communication and tools how to deal with uh, the everyday life and also report on feelings and moods and other important stuff that's happened to you during the day. That type of information is very important for the caregiver to be a good therapist. Welcome to this episode of Speed of Life. This is a podcast series focusing on innovations accelerating towards better health. My name is Björn and I am co-hosting this episode together with my colleague Diana. A very warm welcome to you. Let's jump into this episode. Hello to all the listeners of this episode and a warm welcome to our guests Ulf Schindfeldt and Maria Winkvist from Contigo Care. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you for being here. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, would you like to introduce yourselves? Will you, would you want to start, Ulf? I can start. Uh, I'm Ulf Schindefeldt. I'm at Binbudu Company now for three years. I have a long history in uh, health tech business. Worked for the international business in uh, acute care uh, settings in hospitals. So this is a little bit different where we are now, but we are getting back to that later, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Maria? Uh, hello, my name is Maria Winkvist and uh, I've been in the company almost since it started and uh, it's been a fantastic journey and my background is a PhD in medicine and a cancer scientist and then I joined one of the biggest global life science companies working with technology development and uh, also scaling into research there and then I got this fantastic opportunity to join this uh, startup and uh, yeah, where I am. Yeah. <laughs> uh, tell me a bit more about your, your backgrounds and uh, what led you to, to your current positions at Contigo Care. I started with my, my trip. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I worked for 20, 25 years or so with the health tech business. Um, that's a completely different, of course. It's uh, very much investment driven. It's a replacement business, I would say even. Uh, of course, uh, a lot of business opportunities there while intensive care gets more and more advanced over time. Mm. And uh, what I saw in that company was that the e-health business and mobile solutions is the future. But uh, Sweden being a very small country, it was not possible really to introduce those solutions to this market. So when I come uh, across this opportunity to work for Contigo in this uh, very, very special area of care, dealing with dependency care, that's, uh, I didn't even know there was some kind of technology involved in that, so, but it is, mm-hmm. and we are doing that. So that uh, thrilled thrill me, and then I met also with Maria and the other team and got me even more hooked. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Maria, why? <laughs> uh, I, I think it's because uh, we're a really passionate team. And uh, for uh, in, in my case, I actually it, it was uh, actually a dream. I'm very curious. And as a scientist, uh, I was as the driven by kind of being part of changing the world in one or another way. Mm. And uh, then I uh, and the team uh, got this uh, opportunity to to actually follow a dream. It, it was more of a question. Would it be possible to to actually uh, 
foresee a relapse into addiction? Would it be possible with technology to kind of find these small traits and marks that we do with our mobile phones and support the patient whether in an outpatient setting? Mm. And would that be possible to actually find these small, small uh, clues that we send out and actually transform this gut feeling uh, of experienced healthcare professionals to be able to predict relapses? And with the new technology that we have and so on. So it's more kind of a uh, curious question. Would it be possible? And uh, from there on, the team has kind of moved on to actually and where we are today with the platform for actually predicting relapses. Mm. Mm. Uh, were you one of the founders of Cotegofer? No, but I was. Uh, I, we met the founder. Uh, it's a colleague of mine. Uh, that uh, had uh, lunch or over a <laughs> short meeting uh, got this uh, kind of idea introduced and uh, he over lunch introduced that idea to me and I was too curious and asked a lot of questions and then I was asked to come down and, and ask those questions myself <laughs> and uh, in the afternoon <laughs> the founder asked me if I would like to join and I did not know what I <laughs> said yes to, <laughs> it's a little bit of me I'm sometimes too naive and curious I jumped into things that most people don't but uh, it's been a fantastic journey mm. I can uh, imagine yeah. mm. um, Ulf, uh, tell me more about your role as the CEO how has your background and your experience contributed to the development of Contigo Care mm. for how long have you been the CEO you told us. in the company as a yeah, CEO yeah. since three years three years back roughly. Yeah. Yeah. and before that I was a business uh, manager for uh, one uh, business area within Philips Healthcare. And um, I had a team of about uh, 40 people. Uh, here we are right now, something like 14 people. Mm. So a little bit smaller and a completely different uh, size of business. Mm. I mean, we're doing maybe five, 500K sec a year, or million sec, sorry, of course. Mm. And uh, here we are doing much, much less, but we are growing year by year and mm. we are also building the market year by year. And this is what thrills me. What w- actually kind of thrilled me in the, in the end of, of working with uh, in Philips was to go into areas where they were trying to introduce technology to people in healthcare who was not really into healthcare because of technology. Mm. Uh, and this is definitely the same area. These people working in dependency care is definitely not thrilled by technology. <laughs> so this is a challenge. And to do that change management and to introduce a new way of working, that is also something that really thrills. It doesn't matter then whether the business is small or big. Mm. Mm. It's about the, the, the change. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Um, and what does it mean for a company having you as the CEO? How has your your background uh, help you g- contribute to the development of the company? Maybe Maria should uh, <laughs> answer <laughs> <Yes>. this question. <laughs> what has uh, happened during these years? Uh, yes, I, I think uh, I, I could start at least. <laughs> <laughs> you have to fill in. Uh, but I, I think... Uh, um, some of the things that we have been good at Contigo is, of course, technology and uh, and working with uh, product development and quite many of us as uh, scientists and working in the life science industry. But uh, what you quite often forget is that you have to sell the <laughs> things that you create as well mm. uh, to be able to create a value to the patient and the healthcare, but also to create a business. 
And uh, there I think uh, quite many of us with a background from science and product development are not as skilled when it comes to actually getting it out and focus on on how to get it on the market mm. and uh, how to introduce it. And there I think Ulf uh, is, is really a good person to have on board. And another part is that he's uh, kind of uh, support our team in that we are pretty much of... Um, of a, what to say, wild uh, and crazy scientist <laughs> and product <laughs> developer. And uh, then we need to keep focus <laughs> uh, because otherwise we would create too many things <laughs> at the same time. <laughs> and uh, also that he has uh, such um, a belief in what we do. So he's uh, pretty calm and patient with us when, uh, when we have quite high um, flying thoughts and so on and uh, let us be there in the creative mode <laughs> and support <laughs> us. Well, sounds good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, really. I mean, it's different working only with sales people, customer facing people like I've been doing basically. Uh, I never met with uh, R&D people more or less because that was not a tradition. We are really so. tricky to work with. And, <laughs> and, and now the, the complete company <laughs> is part of my responsibility. <laughs> R&D uh, support everything, of course. But I think the reason I was hired was because they, we wanted a, more, a focus on the business and going maybe from in another direction, coming from uh, development and, and science. And now mm. it's time for the, to spread and scale in the market. Um, and of course, that's where I've been for 25 years. Uh, and I think maybe I, I could make use of some people management skills that I learned over the years, mm -hmm. mistakes also, of mm -hmm. course. And uh, you need a lot of that to, to work to, together with many different type of people. Uh, and, and I think it's a, it's a very, very, very funny organization to work for, very, very different type personalities. Mm -hmm. And of course, it is when you have software development, you have uh, scientists, uh, and, and uh, I'm the least scientist of everyone in this, <laughs> but, but maybe I have also an experience from doing business. And I'm, uh, what I'm really keeping focus on is what value do we create for the customer? Uh, it's not because we think it, it's because when the customer thinks it's a value, and that uh, you need to have focus on all the time. And uh, help salespeople to, to understand that, and also have, of course, the rest of the company to understand what value do we create. And what is the price that we can charge for that? Mm -hmm. uh, Maria, what is your role in the company today? And what has it been during these years? I think uh, why I'm here is that it still develops from one day to another. Otherwise, I wouldn't be here <laughs> because I, I need to learn and I need to kind of develop and uh, see new things. So from the start, it was to actually build the platform with the team. Uh, and uh, the, the two first years was basically very hands-on to, to create the platform. And then it moved on more and more towards how to get it on the market and find the customers. And uh, now we're on a journey where we try to expand and see uh, not only into Sweden and that market and see where in the world could it be. But I think what 
drives me the most is actually the potential of where we can be and how we can save lives. So my focus is not to kind of look into small details in in what we build because we have fantastic people in the team that we will do that every day is to try to have a focus in in the future and see what will the future look like for the patients and for healthcare uh, people out there and what could we do to support them the most and uh, what kind of tools do they need and what kind of research do we need to do to be able to create this value as Ulf talked about and also how could this be transformed into efficiency and economical benefits for the customers and the patients and I, I really enjoy the border between science technology but I over the years also <laughs> learned to love actually how to get it on the market because that's a science in itself uh, and how to create value for customers so so it's a continuously journey I think Maria uh, carry the the passion among the best in the company or the best way of sharing it with others I think at least yeah. Oh, it's, it's really nice. Yeah. <laughs> Chief <laughs> passionate <laughs> officer. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's me. No, but it's fantastic to work, as Ulf mentioned, the team with, with the people involved. To be an ambassador for that team makes me extremely proud because uh, it's a team of uh, supernova science people and technology people. And also from, from the sales perspective, I'm so deeply impressed what they have done over the years with really hard work, but also with passion. Because I think what's is kind of common sense when it is that we have so many uh, areas where we could transform and change for, for the patient, for the healthcare technology, reaching new science, ec- technology uh, steps, uh, so to say, and also to build a company that we believe one day will be, be really big company because uh, when you can handle all these areas, uh, most likely we will have a great opportunity to really transform the way treatment is uh, given. Mm-hmm. And what does a typical day look like? Question for both of we you. We do not have <laughs> typical days. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> one learning I, 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 I was told quite quickly, and I, I understand why, it's that um, one contigo year is like uh, seven contigo years in one normal human life. <laughs> and so a lot of things happen. And when they start in the beginning, when they talked about what uh, happened in, in, in history, uh, that's happened to be in the spring, yes, six months ago. <laughs> <laughs> but it sounds like it was six years ago. <laughs> Way back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so that's, yeah. Uh, that, the, mm. and that's uh, of course, interesting this, to change and, and uh, listen to the market, go into uh, brainstorming, find a solution, and basically to one week or even two months, maybe sometimes later, introduce mm. it to the market. Mm. So we are very, very close in development phases. I would say, and listen yeah. to the market and customer. And since we're such a small company, yeah. it's all from kind of uh, uh, fixing a mm. short uh, breakfast for the team uh, to go to a really advanced uh, discussion regarding what we will do in, in the next uh, six months, going back to regulatory questions, mm. 
or it could be kind of how do we handle this uh, issue that is kind of just uh, emerging right now. And uh, what I love the most is when we talk to customers and uh, when we get this direct feedback from people that have used the system or healthcare professionals that, uh, that use our system. And sometimes we call it love letters because <laughs> it's, it means so much. We share it quite a lot uh, in uh, between us because uh, that gives us uh, tremendously of energy to actually feel that we can make a difference for a person or a family. And uh, I think that is also why so many is giving uh, quite much of uh, of a person into what you're building is on because you could see that this could be the difference for, for another person around mm. uh, which uh, creates really really uh, power that is, uh, is is really fantastic to feel that power and uh, also that the prestige is going down in one way because uh, we, we could make up any titles, <laughs> whatever we like, but no one in Comte goes in for the titles because it's uh, more about saving lives or cool technology and, and these kind of things, mm. which is uh, fantastic. I think it's very open discussions, as you say, in the coffee room uh, or something like that uh, uh, among the people and good ideas, insights and innovation is created every day. Mm. Uh, and that's coming also from the R&D team, the software team. I mean, they are talking and they're developing a new way of working, so we discuss, but we ev not everything is getting to the market, of course, but uh, we, we're learning every day as a team. Um, that's fantastic, I yeah. think. And I, I also think it's like uh, sometimes you, you said, yes, we are around 40 mm. uh, people employed uh, and then of, so, of course some consultancies and so on. But uh, in my head at least and during this time when we are creating Contigo is, is kind of like more or less a global team where we have small team because in, in one or another way, when we collaborate with other actors in so many different fields from construction, how to uh, do deliveries, how to do the trainings and how we create tools and everything around, we kind of uh, inspire them to also be part of our team. So in so many aspects, we have like, like small units. <laughs> of course, it's not our units, but uh, when we start to collaborate in that perspective, they start to give and share in a way because we can give uh, our passion about how we can help people. And when you kind of introduce that to other consultancies or companies, uh, it could be uh, as small as like the delivery companies and so on, they start to feel that I have a really important uh, package to deliver. Of course, it's the highest important that that will be delivered today. Or uh, another part could be how we build in, for example, we have subscription for the mobile phones and so on. We were the first in Sweden actually to introduce introduce a totally new way how they could uh, guarantee a small part of the internet uh, for, uh, for that. Uh, and that was for one of the biggest companies in Sweden that was able to open up it for us. Uh, so even uh, if we are a very small company, we could, uh, could collaborate in a way that we open up the world in, in a new way. And it's fantastic to see different teams start to acting as our team because we have a common goal. It's just that you have to take some extra time to explain for them that 
by doing this, we could do that, and that is amazing. And then they become also very proud of what they are doing. And in that way, we could share and we could, uh, could help even more and we create better solutions. I think one important thing that Maria is very good at is um, to get people in our neighborhood, um, <laughs> physically or, in <laughs> or not, uh, to like to invest in us. Um, so people very good in business, maybe people very good in the marketing maybe, uh, maybe in AI or anything else, and to get them close to us and uh, get interested in us so w we can learn and uh, they like to share. And because uh, also because we are working with uh, the topic that we are working on to uh, change the world of dependency care. When it sounds interesting to anyone, uh, so if you want to do some a different thing in life uh, to make a difference, not maybe only creating money, mm. uh, that creates an interest with many. So that's uh, something I think everyone should think about. You need to try to widen your network and you don't look for them closest to you. Maybe they're a little bit far away, but you may have use for them later. Mm. Mm. Yeah, and it's a fantastic power. And, mm. and I think something that is uh, kind of when you get into uh, our uh, uh, small apartment, so to say, <laughs> it's, uh, it's a feeling of we love to learn. So I think it's uh, you, no one have got a prescription how to work and what to do, but uh, suddenly we are kind of forced in, in one goal. And uh, if everyone is uh, kind of... Uh, their own learning process, how to to do something better, or uh, also being very curious and uh, open-minded to areas where most likely life science is not used to look uh, at normally. I think we can learn a lot, like in in many different aspects, and I, I think we are good at that to kind of see what what's happening in in this area and what's happening in that area. Could it be something that we could bring into in our solutions and how we can make things better. It sounds really mm. great. Uh, tell us what it is that you do. <laughs> <laughs> tell us. <laughs> the short story. Yeah, the short um, story the first. <laughs> the short story is that we are developing a cloud solution uh, which is used by caregivers in dependency care to help specifically people, clients with an alcoholic issue. And um, this is often through the municipalities in Sweden, but through the healthcare system elsewhere, and also in Sweden through the normal healthcare system. But basically, from a uh, legal point of view today, responsibility responsibility is with the municipalities in the Swedish system. And uh, the tool is bringing basically care closer to the ind individual, and the individual is getting a tool uh, loaded down in the smartphone a breathalyzer that to prove uh, sobriety, but maybe most of all to have your communication and tools how to deal with uh, the everyday life and also report on feelings and moods and other important stuff that's happening du during the day. And that type of information is very important for the caregiver to be a good therapist because with that information in real time, basically you can support and coach. And uh, instead of having every second week or so a meeting to try to remember what went wrong or went right the last two couple of weeks, instead you can have a direct communication 24-7. Mm. And it's, uh, it's, a, it's uh, very, very 
easy in one way to understand it makes a difference, but the way you're using it and uh, the small details in how we develop it is the thing making it different. And over time, we learned a lot about drinking patterns, for example. Now we know basically things that are uh, for uh, forecoming a relapse. And, uh, and due to that, we have been able to, to create uh, digital biomarkers, first in the world. Maybe Maria can talk more about that, mm. to be very precise. But what I think is most important is that a tool now also to predict the relapses two to three days in advance. And uh, we know there are more content of data to be analyzed, understood, to basically uh, develop uh, pred predictors for two to three weeks in advance. Because there's a lot of information in, in individual behavior that you can understand and make use of. Mm -hmm. And of course, to make the individual understand his, her own patterns, that is maybe the most important. Maria, how would you add to that? <laughs> I would say <laughs> when I talk to patients, it's a uh, uh, sobriety friend. So what we created with the app and the system is actually a sobriety friend that uh, stays with you 24-7. So the healthcare professional gives you guidance and that guidance can be with you the whole time. And at the same time, you perform small, small activity. And it's like, I would say, like toothbrushing. Uh, you would not do it one hour in a month and uh, that, that would be pretty craziness. Uh, it, the same goes for when you work with uh, changing habits and uh, changing for people with addictions that they need to work with this each day basically and here we send out small messages and uh, small activities and we're collecting also at the same time information of status like stress well-being how you sleep uh, if you perform your activities very important information also timestamps and this information we collect and send it up in this magical cloud mm -hmm. and in our magical cloud are kind of really extremely uh, intelligent uh, people over uh, in our uh, uh, department for development have created algorithms and AI modelings where we actually could start seeing this, what uh, uh, Ulf talked about, this prediction. So actually for the first time last spring, uh, it feels like it's uh, several years mm -hmm. ago. It's, it's <laughs> this with time is really hard with Contigo because it goes so fast. Uh, we could, for the first time, see that we had one to three days in advance of a relapse. We could actually see them, and we believe that it is actually up to two to three weeks in in uh, in the future where we actually could work with the patient in a totally new way, and also how we could motivate and activate the patient at distance, which is one of the key when you are going to treat. Um, addictions and uh, for the healthcare um, therapists and and professionals it becomes like a digital assistance mm. so for the first time they could start to prioritize patient in a new ways because you have like the, your green patients your yellow patients and your red patients depending on this digital biomarker that we created and actually also got published mm. in a very nice paper actually and uh, yes, the world digital biomarker is a really cool one. <laughs> Since I come from the field of, of uh, cancer field, it's the biomarkers that actually changed the whole field of how you could work with cancer patients, both when it comes to monitoring, but also how to treat them. And we believe that it's actually what you can do in the same way with, um, with more of the of uh, the diseases that are connected to the brain where it's really hard to measure these small, small uh, amounts of 
of hormones and signals transdu uh, transducers that will be so hard to measure. But if we could measure the outcome instead with our mobile phones, which we bring with us the whole time, we had a possibility to actually monitoring what's going on. And there are so many marks when it comes to what we do or what we do not do, or if we do it at a certain time and for how long time, all this creates patterns. And we, I assume, most likely will have one of the world's biggest collection of data created for people with alcohol addiction. And when we combine that with computer science, uh, with ordinary MATSTAT modeling, we could kind of create models and patterns and see from where and how we can kind of support the patient in a totally new way. So always right treatment to the right patient at the right time in, in a new way. But what happens if I'm, I'm a red uh, patient uh, mm -hmm. or become red today? Uh, my doctor sees it and call yeah. gives me a call or mm. yeah in in uh, in right now as it is uh, then you at least uh, the doctor will notify and see that you're a red patient therefore they have this kind of green and yellow patient then they can borrow some time from those because they are green and and yellow work pretty nice home and then they could take that time and actually focus on you so they could give you more time and attention and see what's going on in your uh, life at the moment before they ha actually have to divide. So if you have 100 patients, you will all have like a uh, hundred part of it uh, each. But now we could actually take that time and give to you in the future, I think, Ulf, uh, <laughs> I hope <laughs> we would say, with some more research and some more work, uh, we most likely will have... Um, systems that we warn in like two to three weeks in advance and then of course you have a totally new possibility to work with those patients in like two three weeks mm -hmm. and therefore you can see directly also that the system can say that for you it becomes more that your stress is going up and uh, for example uh, your sleep is also going down a little bit and then you could kind of directly go into a very more focused treatment and you could be supported in a new way. And therefore we believe that we can transform the healthcare from being at today very reactive, like, wow, something is happening, what should we do? Or actually before our <laughs> occurrence, it was more like something have happened the last two, three weeks or months without noticing. Right now they at least get aware when it happens and a little bit of demands. But the more time we get, the more we can work with the patient and support them. Mm. I think one thing to add to that is that we do understand that the tool how it's done and how we also developed so far is bringing a lot of motivation to the client. The motivation is a key factor to be successful. Um, it's also a factor to create uh, trust with your family, mm. with your employee maybe. So that's also a very important part of the solution. And we think that we also can uh, introduce more motivational pieces to the solution uh, to even strengthen that part. Mm -hmm. I think that's the important thing going forward. Yeah, and I think that's the driving force in, in like in if prediction will see the right things, you get more motivated when you get the right uh, assignments and right mm -hmm. treatment and you see the, what's in it for me. And if we could kind of grab that and we could also transform so the system 
by itself can kind of suggest for the healthcare professional, this is a patient that we see over this time period, this has going up, this is going down, and we suggest that uh, most likely this and this could be performed. And then you have building blocks in our system uh, we have already created it in modular form, so you could easily bring in like different modules that would be suggested and automatically could start. And I, I think in the ecosystem we created, which we are very proud of, of course, is also a real ecosystem where we not only activate the patient themselves and the healthcare professionals, we can actually activate uh, family members or friends. So in the system, I think to be able to create what's going on when it comes to healthcare today is not only to activate patient and healthcare, you, you also need to activate other support systems mm. uh, to, to be able, and especially in, in uh, diseases like uh, addictions, for example, or, or mental health in general. And therefore, for example, when our prediction realized that something is going down and, and uh, um, it's a warning for a relapse to come, then it uh, will send out messages and warnings to the healthcare professionals. Of course, if it's on opening hours, they could act or they could act very short uh, in time to it. But it will also activate the patient themselves, which is a pretty new thought actually in, in this also. They send out a message, of course, not saying that you're in a relapse, but saying that your positive uh, kind of... Uh, trend is, is kind of changing and you have to be aware and that you should ask for more help, for example. It can also involve that you will be sent a movie or activities that could uh, kind of get you back on track. But it could also involve that right now you could also, if you have the permission, of course, send out information to, to friends or family members. So they also could activate it. That means that we could cover uh, a time span which is not possible today when in, in the way they are working with patients today with like for eight to five normally. And now we can have weekends and evenings and all these kind of things, which is uh, amazing, I think. Mm -hmm. And then we could also create more automatic programs that could even more activate without um, taking the time from healthcare professionals. Mm. Thank you. Are there any learnings that you can share with us that you had from these years, building a company, growing, going from mm. startup? I, I've been, haven't, like Maria, I haven't been around from the start, you know, but uh, I understand there are, I think there are some learnings. Uh, that we learn we each day. Yeah, yes. we learn each, <laughs> learn each day. I think the team is important, have the passion and a, a shared vision. On, and in this company, it hasn't been that difficult to, to get people on board to share this vision. Because um, people coming from uh, different type of uh, technology areas or business areas, uh, but they share the same idea about doing something different f for the society. And uh, I think that is kind of keeping people also and, and bringing them in. So mm -hmm. that's, uh, mm -hmm. of course, important to keep in mind every day. Uh, but uh, experiences from the past before I went on came to the company, Maria. Yeah, I think it's it's always about finding the customers, even though it's uh, kind of easy on, on the paper, but it's hard in, in real, even though that you build together with the customers and, uh, and the clients and so on. And uh, the time, 
it, it takes much more time than you expect. And uh, even though we've been really fast in so many aspects, it still takes time to create evidence, for example, clinical studies and, uh, and health economical um, uh, initiatives and, and to work with customers because they have their own agenda. And you're just a small part, even though you, you, you could actually speed it up by working in a more collaborative way. But still, uh, it's not, uh, you are not their main focus. And um, also to follow the money in one way, how, how the economical... Uh, uh, how the economical system works and uh, and uh, how they work and also change management of uh, how long time it takes to create new habits even though you at the first glance could see that it creates a value for for the patient and for the healthcare organization is really hard to go in and and change the way you work and especially in our case, when when uh, there are not that much of traceability when it comes to to uh, th that they do not have really the focus on measuring um, <laughs> the what they do, and and then what do you start when you do not have a measuring point? Yeah, so that could be a little bit cumbersome, and and of course uh, it's uh, all about also to dare to do things and make mistake and uh, learn from the mistakes and do it again mm. uh, I, I think uh, maybe to stress a little bit uh, the business case you mm. need to work on the business case um, meaning what is it for the your customer what are earnings and learnings or benefits and efficiency productivity whatever it is you need to work on that and not p presume that everybody understands because this is a very cool thing we're done mm. everybody understands how to use it and want it mm. Uh, because I would ask those questions. What does it bring to me? What value is it? Mm. And your custom is mm. always the healthcare? Not only. Uh, now mostly municipalities, but also special specialty care within the hospitals. A mm. uh, little bit more and more, we are also addressing um, the professional business, I mean employers. Okay. Uh, mm. You may have an individual working for you, but uh, is not really seeking care, but you have the issues maybe with alcohol, late Mondays, uh, too much uh, sick illness, uh, whatever. Uh, and that may lead to an, uh, some kind of activity from HR or something. Uh, and this is a very hot topic, of course, to discuss. Many don't talk about it. It's a lot of stigma, but if someone is actually dealing with it, and uh, we are trying to provide a way with an online tool now to uh, online solution, in including then our solution, to uh, address that part of the market, which maybe are less uh, far down on the illness curve, uh, mm. but still are in need of some kind of coaching and support. Okay, uh, that's interesting. Uh, Contigo Care, uh, what's the n story behind the name? It's a name. Contigo comes from uh, Spanish. It's contigo, which is mm -hmm. uh, with me. Uh, and that you need to have some name. Yeah. <laughs> but it's spelled with a K insta instead of a C. Just maybe you don't uh, see this uh, Spanish in it from the start. Okay. Uh -huh. So basically, always with you, you. <laughs> always with you yeah. in yeah. your care. So yeah. it's both yeah. for the patient and for the healthcare providers that uh, we want to always be there and support. Mm. 
in in one way. Mm-hmm. Uh, a question for both of you: What are you most proud of having achieved so far? Choose yeah. one thing. <laughs> <laughs> That's hard, but I think we're actually saving lives. Hmm. And uh, that's something that I feel is is fantastic, that you've been a a small part of of transforming someone's lives and families out there. Uh, I think that is really beautiful. One thing, uh, it started all very long before I came to the company, but one thing I'm very impressed with is the, the way to uh, come to a more than 50% penetration in the municipality market in a very conservative area, in an area where basically there are no thoughts about using technology, very little um, uh, care plans, very little processing, and no, no quality measures, and still we've been able to now penetrate 50% of the municipalities in Sweden. That's uh, something like 150 plus. And it's done by the sales team, and they've worked so hard to get there. And now we are known to 95% of the municipalities out there. Not everybody is customer yet, but we're working on that. They know uh, that you exist. So I, I'm kind of, for, for the company's point of sake, I think that is one of the most... If you if talk about this with any e-health company, uh, they are amazed. Hmm. It's so difficult to find your customer and get that penetration in just six years. Well, the product was introduced in 2016, so mm. it's, uh, yeah, that's six years now, yeah. basically. Yeah. Mm. Uh, and as a scientist, mm. of course, the publication with digital biomarkers mm. is, is so close when we, or, or kind of cool when we when we realized that it was a digital biomarker. I think I, for a week, just uh, said the digital biomarker, digital biomarker, <laughs> until everyone was saying, <laughs> shut up, <laughs> basically. <laughs> but it, it was a kind of such a journey of uh, of coming from a totally different field of science and uh, actually realize that it's, uh, it's so close and so s- mm. is uh, so uh, many things that are so similar and i think the more also you learn when you work d- with different professionals and different areas you you see that you you believe that you are so kind of unique and you believe that your business is, is so unique and special but when you start to share, you realize that you're not unique at all. <laughs> you realize also that you can learn from areas or industries that you you thought you never would have something in common with. And mm. I, I think the open-minded and and in the way that we love to share and we love to learn and we love to to involve. I think that is also something is a cultural thing in in our team that helps us to also, and we dare to ask for help. We say, okay, you're the coolest in, in this area. Would you love to work with us? And they sometimes say, how did you approach that person? Okay, but at least you could try. Mm-hmm. And quite often uh, people are very happy to to share and, and uh, help. Mm-hmm. So I think that should be something to, to break down to others to realize that uh, being open with uh, that we have a hard uh, task and a hard question that we would love to solve. Uh, how could your knowledge and uh, your uh, insights uh, help us out there? And uh, then we add on. Uh, and how many can time. say no to that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> <Exactly>. Really? <laughs> and, and also I think uh, when the acknowledgement we got yeah. in uh, Vitalis in 2018 and you yeah. uh, 
received the, the prize from from the Ministry of Health yeah. for the, being the most cool e-health company in, yeah, in it, Nordic. It, it was that quite yeah. th- that something. was quite something. Yeah. something. <laughs> it, it, it's a short story around it, which is showing that we were so amazed that we got nominated. And uh, the three companies in Sweden that was nominated should come down to Vitalis and uh, to uh, to be there on the first opening ceremony. And uh, I, I was going down there for, for this opening ceremony. And we had been celebrating like the last, since, since we got awarded that nominated. So we were kind of winner already. And <laughs> we thought among this, it was not, even be possible that we could win uh, so uh, I went there and I was so extremely happy with this uh, nomination and everything and in our wildest dream we thought that we could not win uh, so we I had not prepared a speech even and there we was <laughs> I was on the stage and and then they said the winner is Contigo Care and then I realized it's around I think I don't know how many people but it's thousands of people in the opening ceremony <laughs> and the minister of help and everyone was kind of looking at me okay it should be a speech now <laughs> and, and I realized that okay <laughs> I just have to talk there uh, but it was amazing it's amazing also for a field of of patients that uh, the stigma is so um, so big around the the disease and everything so I think I've I've uh, I, the, the kind of feeling with people that was happy for our sake, uh, it was so many that uh, came around that were so happy because they have a family member or something say, this is so nice that you actually won the prize because of what you're doing, because that will help my father or my mother or my brother. And uh, I, I realized uh, realize that the power of, of, uh, of this patient group is enormous, but it's a very silent patient group. So we, we also need to be um, a, f- a figure or, or a kind of giving a future for this patient group that are not known to getting anything, basically. Because if you look at other into other fields and what have developed over the years during uh, research and technology, uh, we are where we are today because of that. But when we look into this field, it's nothing, basically. And we want to make an impact there. Mm. Thank you. Uh, something that is becoming very important to new employees is a company's culture, values and vision, uh, the social part of sustainable development, uh, besides the economic and ecologic um, aspects. Is that something that you work with, or talk about? I think I hear that you do, but <laughs> uh, I ask. <laughs> I would try to keep that as part of the, of the company passion uh, and that we like to be more sustainable and we work on creating a way of working that creates less uh, waste for example things like that and we also think that we can make other differences and of course we by yes by working with mental health in this area we are addressing uh, uh, the the topics of uh, uh, UN United Nations 2025 vision mm. uh, so we think we are on the right path in many ways uh, I know, Maria, you have invested a little bit more into that, and we are looking into how we can work more with it. 
Yeah, yeah I think it's it's mm. it's many different aspects. First of all, it's the culture within the company, how to share and how to love to learn and uh, how to feel that you're part of something that is bigger than you and that you actually uh, can create something together. And uh, we're a bunch of uh, superstars that uh, are playing on the same uh, playing ground, but uh, it's, it's not a matter of, 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 it's more of how we could take all this talent and create something bigger than ourselves, which is a, is a fantastic force of, of doing that. But then, of course, when it comes to sustainability, as uh, Ulf mentioned, is, is directly connected to one of these key areas when it comes to mental health and addiction. But then it also comes to, to how we do it. So uh, in, in, since we're a small company, we can set our own rules as well. And we could also, even though we're small, we can start to kind of uh, influence other how you can do it. Because quite often you get the feeling we are so small, so what does it matter how we do it? But I think this is a way to show others that you as a small player actually could do a tremendously difference in how you think when you create things. So uh, something that I'm very proud of, and it's, it's the team, it's not me, but the team behind is how we have constructed. Of course, we, we need a lot of uh, uh, electronics in our breathalyzer, but in the way we have created it, we have created it with long sustainability. So we can reuse it, for example. That's a very in, in new thought when it comes to uh, health tech that you actually, instead of disposing it, which most should do because it's the easiest way because it's pretty tricky to, to reuse it between patients and so on. We have created a um, workflow how to do it. We have also invested in how we can kind of, instead of dispose when one of the uh, par parts in, in the breathalyzer is breaking down, we can uh, kind of change it instead. And we constantly work with the lifespan of, of the breathalyzer. So that means that the breathalyzer could be on the market for a very long time. And this is sometimes it, it could be a conflict when it comes to economical. Okay, so they are just into this kind of an environmental thing. It sounds costly. No, it's not at all costly. <laughs> it's actually very beneficial when it comes to those that invest in us uh, as well. Because since we can reuse it and we can have a long time, that uh, makes our, our investors uh, very happy as well because it's a, it's a good um, economical part in it as well. And also, of course, when it means to that we transform from going from where the patient has to go in for a breath test on a daily basis or one or two, three times a week, now they can do it in their home. So at the same time, if we should start calculate, I think I don't know how many Swedish miles we have saved on the roads uh, when the patient can be where they are. And, uh, and also how we also work with our suppliers. So even if we're a small company, we already have set up uh, how we, uh, which suppliers we want to work with. And we also kind of uh, ask them for how they uh, work with these kind of issues. So I, I think uh, this is, uh, is a part how also small companies in, in a totally new way could create uh, efficient way of working. And another part is that our customers in mostly is in the municipalities. Uh, we could also learn, uh, <laughs> teach them how they, by using a, um, a solution as our, 
where we have put a lot of attention to to um, how to have a long lifespan, how to do the digital testing and so on, how that will kind of help them to be a better um, uh, how how they could kind of look into other suppliers and what they could ask for. So we encourage them to kind of really put pressure on us. Uh, so they could also put pressure on competitors, for mm-hmm. example, and and that means that perhaps one day we will have even harder kind of um, uh, measures on ourselves. But that's a good trend to actually be the first one to say we set this high fences on on this uh, environmental part. Uh, try to beat us if you can. If they beat us, we will be happy because then we have to be even better. So I think that could be a way to set a good standard. Mm. Yes, really. And it sounds really great. And I think it's very imperative for the future mm. to have a sustainable product and supply chain. So really, really good job. Yeah. So don't wait for the big companies no. to do it. Yeah, start you it have with to the start. small company. Yeah. I think we can yeah. teach the, the big companies also how you could be actually curious and creative when it comes to these areas and to dare to do things that is, is in one way first hard to do. But uh, in the long term, it will be both economical, a good uh, investment, but also uh, for our actual planet. Really? And I have some of the last questions. As you know, Stunz is part of uh, the innovation system and we believe that there are opportunities in being part of strong clusters and ecosystems. And we're always interested of how we could help make it even stronger and better. Uh, what do you see as an advantage of having your business in Uppsala? Hmm. There are many. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Uppsala is one of the most creative in life science in Europe, isn't it? And so I, I like think to think so. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, I he- hear about it from investors also. Uh, so very much un- uh, amazed ab- about what's happening up here. Uh, I-, I don't live in Uppsala myself, so I-, I-, I don't have that history really. But working with healthcare, of course, for t- decades, I always understood that the Uppsala and Akademiska Hospital here, of course, were in the front line. But apart from that, the, the life science business area is much wider than I had ever know about p- before I came here. Um, and... Uh, I think Sweden is doing good, but Uppsala is doing great, uh, and uh, it's a leading star, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's thanks to a lot of clusters and infrastructure uh, people are trying to share with in, in within each other, and uh, also supported by organizations like yours, and uh, like a, uh, a spider web sort of. Uh, I think there are many reasons behind them. Uh, and I know Marie and mm-hmm. others, you you know, many of your friends, of course, are yeah. in the life science business. Uh, and I think it's it's a strong cluster of, of sharing. It's a sharing atmosphere and also that uh, we, we're strong in life science in general and the background with uh, from long pharmacy and so on, but also the competence and also that uh, it's a culture of building small companies that we see that one day will be big companies. I think that also gives you a feeling that's possible and uh, that... Uh, you realize that you do not compete with with other companies is more that you could the more you share the more you learn and the more you help each other out uh, the better (laughs) your company will be and also that we could together be proud of what's creating here because the more proud we will be that will help other to realize that they want to join and uh, I think also the competences around uh, is, is uh, and uh, the close distance as well. 
it is so much of uh, of uh, brilliant people that uh, love to share and love to help actually in in a small spot and uh, also to want to show that it's possible do you see anything that could add more to the system uh, of course it could always <laughs> be better and i i should we should strive to be even better i think uh, more uh, heavy investments in the region uh, that the investors also would see uh, this as hot as uh, as it uh, the value i think is higher here than than people expect and uh, also that is uh, i i would say it's it's fairly you're supported pretty much in in the beginning quite often and then uh, when you when you scale up a little bit you're supposed to to be on your own and I think it's in this scaling uh, area where it's, it's really hard for companies, both when it comes to economical and, uh, and uh, also employees and so on. And there perhaps it could be uh, easier to, to get this um, uh, longer investments and uh, a little bit, mm, it needs time to, to get on the market for sure. And then you need uh, someone that uh, uh, can t- take that time a little mm. bit more. Mm. And one last question. Do you see a way of how you could help others in the system? Or maybe you already do. I hope by (laughs) sharing. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, we love to share. And uh, quite often, actually, there are other companies that that are where we we uh, were a few years ago. Mm. And I love to talk to them and to give them hope and say that it's possible, but also perhaps... uh, uh, things that has been very valuable for us is uh, connected to having very early on focus on the business Mm. actually and have a sustainability when it comes to building the market Uh, I mean there may be learnings we have um, and we've done it in a very very tough area right Mm. so uh, maybe it's more evident where you're looking for your customer but uh, you need to you need to create the market properly Yeah, I hear a few things, uh, actually a few P's, uh, let's say. I hear um, passion and purpose. It's quite obvious when when listening to you and also studying your company. I also hear, of course, personalization, uh, which is the kind of core of what you do. And you you talk a lot about prediction. And I think, you know, what we can predict, we can also prevent. Mm. uh, And preventive care is actually something that's really high on the agenda. So Mm. I I think you're really onto something. That's the name of our product, Predict, is uh, prediction and prevention. (laughs) No, but I think it's perfect. And also, as you have stated, it's a a very severe um, patient group, so to say. But also, like with any life science, life science is, you know, if, if that is how we direct or indirectly improve people's health, I think also the indirect part with the kind of secondary effects that you have on relatives, friends, mm-hmm. or whatever, um, in terms of addiction is, is super important because there's so many more that actually gets help mm-hmm. from what you're doing. And I think also uh, for the future, uh, this is an area where every feedback loop that you have will produce a lot of data which again will exponentially increase what you can do and increase the precision in what you're doing. Uh, And I would love to see also how you can scale this to other mental health uh, diseases. That would be super interesting. Um, And we're looking forward to follow your journey. Thank you. Thank Thank you very much. (laughs) This podcast series is developed and produced by Stunts Life Science. 
Acceptance is a foundation creating sustainable growth through private-public collaborations. Thank you for listening and for more information about this podcast and as well as about STUNS, please visit our website lifescience.stuns.se and follow us on LinkedIn where you will find us under our name.